Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many yeah, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. We're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to Sharing Socks, one week before St. Patrick's Day edition. I am uh, Southside Sox duty geezer Lee Allen, along with my son and West Coast correspondent Will, uh, chatting a little bit about things White Soxery. Um, typically, one should not, one, one should be barred, really, from being at all down on baseball things before St. Patrick's Day. But when one's team is one, six, and three, <laughs> you wonder if really it is World Series or bust, or maybe that's a little high expectation. Well, all I'm going to say about that is one, we're still before St. Patrick's Day. So I don't know why you're caring to begin with. Uh, two, none of this means anything ever. It no. never means anything. There's no question. There's no question it is it is all meaningless, but there are things within that are odd and interesting. One to me. Sure, uh, there are that, things. There are definitely things people can be working on that are interesting and, and do matter. However, winning games when you don't even no. have to finish an inning if you don't feel like it. Forget it. Come on. I would have won every single game of my life if I got the call when the game ended. Sometimes that would pro- I would have just had a no decision as it would have been zero to zero. Uh, I knew when I was going to get whooped. Uh, yeah. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. I don't care. I don't care if we go 0 and 25 in all of spring training or whatever it is. I don't care. I don't care. I still expect us to win the World Series. Should score some runs now and again, though, just to make a point. 
We we're good at that. <laughs> That's like our thing. The Scoring pitchers, runs is our thing. The pitchers who are going to be on the major league team, at least at the start, barring injury and all that, have done fine. Um, yeah, for the most part, really overwhelmingly, Giolito's been terrific. Lopez looked good for two innings. Uh, Lance Lynn Lynn was kind of mysterious. Yeah, throwing four walks in uh, two innings of spring training is a little weird, but it's less weird in spring training because we don't know what he was trying to place where exactly what he was trying to throw necessarily. I mean, we have a general idea, Uh, so I can't give him credit for four walks, but, you know, one one of those I'll chalk up to he was trying something new. <laughs> Three in a row, and he only got out of it because he was at the bottom of the order and had a bunch of uh, minor leaguers uh, to uh, get him a strikeout and a double play. Yeah. The interesting yeah. when he got when he got eventually went out of the game, he went screaming, and it looked like he was screaming at the ump. Now he said later on, "I wasn't. I was just yelling to my catcher about how we got out of it." But Tony LaRusa came out to get between him and the up, which doesn't seem necessary if you're yelling congratulations to your catcher. <laughs> so, I think Lynn lost it a little bit there. Well, okay. To be fair, the ump did yell, free beer, free beer, over <laughs> here, over here. And that's when LaRusa ran out. Uh, I think it was totally unrelated to Lynn yelling at the umpire. And plus, Lynn had gotten – were you watching those innings? I didn't see those innings, no. Okay, I, I did. And that umpire had a strike zone the size of Brazil, and Lynn was still missing it, and he was missing it by feet. So to come off and be all – I think he was just upset himself. Some, something was obviously wrong. He was coming off the mound wrong. He, it just looked wrong. It looked bad when he was pitching. I'm sure he recovers, and it was a temporary thing, but sure. it was a weird sequence of events. Uh, meanwhile, Michael Kopech on Tuesday, uh, Eric Crochet. Yeah, Crochet throwing some real, real nasty stuff. And uh, Kopech had a clean inning with strikeout. I marched right on through there. We have not seen of the relievers, uh, though they have pitched, I think, one of these uh, beer cake games uh, in the morning that they set up. With sure, yeah. Uh, I think he and uh, Bummer have each pitched an inning there. Foster we haven't seen. The starters that we haven't seen confuse me. The one that confuses me the most is Dallas Keuchel. They had said on Friday that Keuchel would pitch Monday. He didn't. And it's almost instead, and instead of some other starter coming out, they threw this poor Mike Wright up against the Dodgers. Mike Wright should never have to pitch against the Los Angeles Dodgers. (laughs) (laughs) It was just batting practice. Um, so, but they didn't say anything. There's been no comment of, oh, you know, he's got a blister or there's been, the only thing they can't comment on if it's health is COVID, but he's been in camp. He threw aside. So that's not what's doing it. I'm going to add another thing into this mystery. I think he got engaged yesterday. He did get engaged to a, to a yeah, sportscaster lady. Yeah. So what's going on there? He's okay enough to get engaged, but he can't throw a spring training game on Monday. I don't know. I think that's I think that's pretty suspicious. All right. Dallas Q Cole, maybe? 
<laughs> it's possible. It's possible. Uh, no, I, I don't know what's going on with that. I, I'm actually kind of confused. I'm, I'm not as confused about Keuchel not starting uh, to throw yet as I am about the other guys you're about to mention. Well, which brings us to another LaRusso comment. Tony said on Tuesday that he's not worried about Keuchel because uh, Keuchel will get in three or four starts before the season. And with all his experience, that's plenty. Well, I think it'll only be three when you look at it now because he hasn't started yet and we're on, we're, we're, you know, 20 days away. But I get that. I, I, that's still I buy plenty. that. Yeah. yeah. For a Dallas Keuchel, plus, plus he's not a guy who depends on building up his velocity. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, he's he just got to, he really needs a tune up and, and then he can go. But if it's true that Dallas Keuchel only needs three or four starts to be ready for the season because of his experience, then why don't we see more from Dylan Cease and Carlos Rodon? Because it's a Cy Young thing. <laughs> so okay. like Keuchel, former Cy Young winner, Dylan Cease, future Cy Young winner, maybe this year, maybe this year. Uh, so that's, that's why those two haven't pitched, because it's like a Cy Young thing. Uh, Rodon, I, thought- I don't know. I, th- I thought it might be because Ethan Katz is getting those two, uh, Rodon and Cease, to change their deliveries quite a bit. And it may be that he doesn't want them out there against that situation with fans in the stands and, and an actual major league team that they're pitching against, even if it's half major and half minor leaguers. Uh, until he sees that they can not only do what he wants, but to do it with repetition. Yeah, I, I mean, I think there's there's a lot of validity to that thought, um, especially uh, with Rodon and, and Cease, of course, Keiko being a different scenario. But, uh, you know, we've seen clips that show that Cease has altered his delivery quite a bit. Uh, in the same vein as, as Lucas Giolito did when Katz worked with him. I don't think I've seen as much of Rodon in, in practice, and I haven't really been able to see how much of a change uh, we're getting in his delivery. But I do think with Cease, it is likely a, a scenario of he's just not ready yet, while, but they are seeing improvements, so they want to make sure that he is ready when he gets out there. Sensible. Does that mean then that the fact that Renato Lopez has already had a start and he also was having a, a lot of change theoretically being done by Katz, that he caught on faster than Cease and Rodon? I mean, it's total speculation, but... Oh, yeah, total. But I will also say, uh, as much as we like to hate on Ronaldo Lopez, we have seen him pitch unbelievably. Like, in 2019, there were games that Lopez pitched where you're just like, wait, what? Because he he has an incredible skill set. He has incredible raw talent. And if he is catching on a little quicker, um, I think we could see Lopez, you know, starting game four of the season. And I'm interested to see what that would be because I do actually think Ronaldo Lopez, I, I won't say that he, you know, possesses a, a 
a better skill set than Cease or, or Rodon. Uh, Rodon, when healthy, I think is the best of the three. Um, but it, it's, he's still, he's, he's got some natural ability that is, we've only seen minor glimpses of. Uh, and he, he had a decent spring training outing so far. And I think, uh, I think maybe he did just catch on and he just, you know, was ready to go a little sooner than the other guys. Okay. Before we get to the hitters and uh, the situation with some of them and my favorite topic, the, the backup catchers, this is an announcing and procedural question. When the White Sox second baseman was drafted out of college, mm-hmm. the word was that his last name is pronounced Madrigal, accent on the last syllable. Okay. Not, not like the ancient English music Madrigal. But the Madra gal kind of disappeared when he made it up to the majors. And all last year, I never heard anybody say Madra gal. Everybody oh, did you? Oh, no. Did you hear like the first couple games? They were calling him Madrigal. Well, but through, it's a season wide anyway. It was all Madrigal. Yeah, after that it was. Madrigal. But but first few games, just, I was like, it wasn't just It wasn't just Stoney and, and, and Jason. It was, it was everybody. Or Ozzy and Frank after the game, whatever. Everybody's saying Madrigal. And in, in uh, ESPN, they say magical. Now, on the two games this week that were on YouTube, and I think Rich King did both of them. Chuck Garfine was on one, and I don't know. Well, the one that the one that Metrigal or Metrigal was in was Monday, and that was Rich King, Chuck Garfine. They said Madrigal. Madrigal. So we're we going back to Madrigal or are we, are they just being hoity-toity and we should be still saying magical? I don't know. And since we have to talk, not just write easy when you're writing, but since we also have to talk and, you know, I mean, I've got 50 years of broadcast experience that I don't hate to see go to waste mispronouncing some guy's name. Um, I don't know. I don't know what we really should say. I think our no. best option is uh, to go with Madrigal and just <laughs> um, lay into that and see if it catches on. Because I, I have no idea how he actually pronounces it. And all the various pronunciations have made me really confused <laughs> about what his lineage might be. It's not, it's not Hispanic, though. Which is interesting because people will <laughs> give it some announcers early on. We're giving it a, a very Spanish pronunciation. But his first name isn't, uh, if, it was, if it was Hispanic, his first name would be Nicholas. His first name is Nicholas, like Jack Nicholas. So that's more Germanic. Yeah. So I am at a loss. <laughs> I mean, I, the guys behind you, Juan Jimenez, I got it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I don't know. I actually have no idea. And I think this would be a great time for Nick to come on the podcast and, uh, and explain it to and us. explain it once and for all. I think that's the, we can guess all we want, but really only one guy can come on here and tell us what's going on. Yeah, uh, American, American announcers and Americans in general are used to butchering Hispanic names. I mean, and some we do, I'm mean, just across the board forever. <clears throat> Rodriguez is the real word, not Rodriguez. 
So it actually should be the world famous A Road, but uh, sure. and then the other ones like F Road and the other guys that, that came after him. Uh, and then, then we take uh, sometimes take the soft A and harden it. Uh, but that's a linguistic thing. I, his isn't linguistic. It's just what's the guy's name? Yeah, I I don't know. I really don't. You know, it, or very early on, I had a couple friends who referred to our center fielder as Luis Robert. Uh, which and, incidentally made sense. Which, yes, but uh, I believe he does not pronounce it that way. He does not. No. Um, so, you know, I don't know what's going on with Nick. We got we to gotta get him in here to explain it. Um, but let's take a quick break. We will come back and talk about spring training hitters, uh, of which there haven't been any. So uh, <laughs> it'll be a short segment, but we'll be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and, not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them it's this willingness decisiveness and resilience that sets marines apart with our fighting spirit we don't just fight battles we win them marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com all right we're back to sharing socks uh geezer let's talk about hitting well, first, uh, a couple of guys get a break, I think, in this one, of course, is Nick either Madrigal or Madrigal, as the case may be, uh, because he only came off his injury waiting period on, on Monday. So he's only 0 for 2. I think we, we can let that one go. Although his second ground up was kind of interesting because I think the pitch was behind him. He's <laughs> 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 the ground up to the left side. Uh, the other one is Jose Abreu because he got a very late start. Right. Uh, because of the COVID situation. The others, uh, some are hitting quite well. Vaughn is is doing nicely. Uh, Robert or Robert is doing very well. Uh, mm-hmm. Both the Adams are, the Adamese are hitting fine. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Tim is, Tim is struggling. Big time. Yeah, Yuan is okay, not great, but okay, and he certainly looks better on the base pass and everything they did last year. So I don't think there's anything wrong there. Uh, Eloy, uh, right behind you there, yeah. not hitting. No, Eloy, Danny Mendick, you know nothing. Tim and Tim too. Tim's hitting uh, for less average than Eloy. Yeah. And no, neither yeah, of very, them. His very first time up. Remember, his very yeah. first event was it was on TV, and he went went the opposite way. But boy, that's Tim Anderson. He's there, and hasn't been there since. Yeah, it's 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 really strange. Um, I don't know what the answer to that is. I just, you know, it's been a weird year. <laughs> Tim <laughs> has proven to us that he hits major league pitching. So oh, yeah. it's not it's a real big, not a major concern. Um, 
you know, my bigger concerns would be the fact that they have three walks between them uh, in in spring training. That's a really, really small the number. Team, the team in general, and this is, I think, in large part because you're facing a lot of minor league pitching and this is going to change. The team in general has not struck out a lot and has walked much more than usual. Well, that's that's being led by, uh, weirdly, Andrew Vaughn. He's got five walks. And Leori. He's got five walks. Leori, who is also hitting Leori incidentally is hitting a ton, as he always does in the spring. He's one yeah. of the great spring hitters in baseball. Uh, Vaughn and Leori both have, have home runs at this point, too. And actually hitting well, uh, much to your chagrin, I'm sure, is Zach Collins. We haven't seen much of him. Um, I think and Lucroy and Mercedes. Yeah. Now, we've seen Mercedes very little of Lucroy. We've seen very little of Lucroy. But, yeah, Mer- Mercedes is – He's got six RBIs already on a team that hasn't won a game. So he's won one game. Won one game. Team that's won one game. Uh, so yeah, he's a, a huge surprise. And so our, our backup catchers are, you know, uh, it looks like here they hold four of the top seven batting averages in spring training so far. <laughs> They've all been hitting well. And I, and I will say we kind of badmouth, um, uh, Jonathan Lucroy's first game, uh, and because he was he threw terrible. Well, his defense. I mean, he hit really well defense, in his first defense game. Defense was yeah. awful. Since then, it's been fine. It, it, that's just was apparently a settling in. Interesting thing on defense now, because I was reading that uh, Zach Collins is talking about uh, how he feels much more comfortable now. He's gone to the one knee instead hmm. of the the crouch. So I looked at. I, I said, well. Why haven't people done this before? And I started reading up on it just this morning. The one knee, first of all, it's more often done by old guys whose knees are shot <laughs> by 26-year-olds. But the other thing that's about it, that one knee is supposed to be very beneficial for framing low pitches. Makes sense. You can get down much lower. Some guys who do the sure. one knee stretch the other leg, be the right leg. Uh, the left knee and the right leg stretch way out to the side if they're getting down. So they can get really low. Yeah. Nice for a target and, and nice for framing once that target is either hit or miss. It is not good for throwing people out because you're slower getting up. All right. And it is not good for uh, blocking pitches. So it's pretty much immaterial if nobody's on base. So that's a good time to go to your one knee. Well, and a lot of times you don't see guys that that is when you see it in the bigs, is you see it when nobody's on base. And certainly a Zach Collins cannot afford to be any worse than he already is at throwing out runners. Yeah. I think he's one for eleven lifetime or at blocking pitches. So I he he says he feels a lot more comfortable and better and, and he, he seems to be doing okay that way. But I don't know that that can last. Right. I mean thing, it, it it's fine that he says he's comfortable and doing better, but ultimately we need to see him block big league pitches and big league games. And you can't afford to have him be worse at throwing out runners. So I don't really care how he feels. If he can't throw out runners, we can't have him behind the plate. Meanwhile, occasionally, I mean, they, they only throw out, I think 27% is the, but major still player. that's a, but he, but that's a 90%. very different gamble. That's a very different gamble. Yeah. But, but, um, where is it? Oh, so what Larusa has said, which makes absolute sense, 
is that the backup catcher will be the guy who can best handle pitchers. And I don't think there's any question that as long as he's as close to being healthy as he can be, that that's LaCroix. Yeah. I mean, here's a guy, a former all-star, I think probably golden glove catcher. Mm-hmm. Uh, not sure about that, but if not, very close. I think close so. To I, yeah. Um, so he's got all the experience and all, and, and that leaves uh, Collins and Mercedes sitting out there doing what? I don't know. Going I don't know. Schaumburg going to Charlotte. Uh, if you look at, they're going to be 13 position players, right? So the outfield, you got the two Adams and Robert and Jimenez, four. That's four. In the infield, you've got the four starters around there, plus Leury. That's five, plus presumably Vaughn, if not immediately within a few weeks. But I think it's they're going to have to make it immediately. So that's that's ten. So now you've got two catchers who I think we can say. And Grandel, incidentally, why the hell hasn't he played yet? They say yeah, I don't know. Because when he was first out, they were saying, oh, it'll be a day or two. We're taking every precaution, you know, extra thing. What do we care? It's it's just early spring. And yet now it's been about two weeks since they said that. And well, you know. He's going up to pinch hit in a real game. Yeah, that's a little more concerning for me is the fact that we haven't seen him bat. Um, the fact that we haven't seen him catch could be because we, we need him to be catching more than he's comfortable catching this season, most likely. We, we do. We we absolutely do. But it worries you if this little minor tweaky thing, not even worth getting an MRI on or anything like that, sets him out this long. Boy, we can't have anything happen during the season. There just better not be anything bad happen during the season. Anyhow, bet back that. that. So that's 12 guys anyway that, that we've outlined there. There's one other place left. Could be a left-handed hitter. I think it has to be a left-handed hitter. Uh, so you have a left-handed pinch hitter if need be at, at some point. Uh, well, I think it's going to be. I, I think it's going to be Lori. But no, I'm already counting Lori in. I'm talking the four starters around the infield plus Lori plus Vaughn. Oh, that's okay, plus okay. Four outfielders plus two catchers. That's twelve. Okay, gotcha. Slot open, which could be a Mendick. Mendick's a right-handed hitter. The best hitters of everybody else is Mercedes, but he's a right-handed hitter. Collins is a left-handed hitter. They haven't really indicated that they want him for a backup catcher at all. Yeah. And he can't be, for example, platoon with Vaughn. It makes absolutely no sense for him because the left-handed hitter gets the majority of the at-bats. Right. Absolutely no sense. Yeah. Uh, So I'm done. Kind of curious is what they're going to end up being for that. There's that one slot open, and where will it go? Who would you keep? That is? Who? What would you do? What would you do? <laughs> I, boy, you know the way he's hitting right now. I would give a lot more spring at bats until he plays himself out of it to Nick Williams. Oh, yeah. I mean. Look, he's hitting 600. He's only got five at bats, but yeah. But I, 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 I'd want to see a lot of him again. Now that you're going to be facing from here on up, mainly major league pitchers or at least borderline major league pitchers. Yeah, I'd like to see him get another 20 or more at bats to see if he holds up. If he holds up, 
That's that's a lefty hitter, uh, apparently a decent defender. Um, who knows? I, I mean, I, don't it's, have it's, I think that's the yeah. I think that's the sort of dream scenario. Um, one that we didn't see coming at all. I didn't think Nick Williams was even going to be a name we really talked about this year. Um, but I, I absolutely think that if they can get him those at bats and he continues to produce, that is going to be the greatest surprise we've gotten this season. Is if Plus he, surprise. Oh, big Positive time. surprise. Big time. Yeah. Positive surprise. I mean, it, oh, it yeah, it's not expected at huge. all. It would be huge for us to have a backup outfielder who's, who's left-handed um, and, and to have that bat in the lineup. But we need to see a lot more of them. Oh, uh, yeah. I, th- I think you send Collins to, to Charlotte. I think he still needs to be playing minor league ball if he's going to make it and be a, a full-time backstop in the show. He's got to go down and work on things. So I would be very, very pleased if Williams showed us enough to earn that spot because that is the absolute ideal scenario with what to do with that last spot. Do you have an alternative? Not right now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I mean, I like Danny Mendick, but it doesn't make any sense. Uh, There's not a great choice right now. I mean, the, the great choice right now is I choose that Nick Williams turns out to be better than we all thought. Uh, would be the choice. So no, I, I don't even know what to do. I, I know, I, I know I wouldn't want it to be Collins though. He's, he's still not quite there. All right. I'm done. Yeah. I think that's all we have for this week. Um, maybe next week we will have two wins and, uh, we will be able to dissect that for you. I guess we should say we do know for sure now the White Sox are going to have fans, uh, for opening day. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Only twenty percent right. capacity, which I'm sure Cubs fans immediately joked is a thousand people for the White Sox. Um, but I believe it's uh, out of total possible capacity. Unfortunately, for those of us who buy our tickets one at a time, uh, the priority, and it makes perfect sense, is going to season ticket holders. So, I think the only avails are going to be unless are going to be the secondary market. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to get tickets without getting a ticket package um for for all the teams this year. Um but yeah, I'm looking at the same thing here in Anaheim uh to try to see the Sox for the opening series and tickets aren't on sale yet. They will have fans. Um but we're still not sure and you know, you kind of have to assume the tickets are going to be uh four times the price if you're only taking 25% of the people. So <laughs> on the secondhand market, it's going to be very expensive uh, to go early on, especially because people are going to be pretty excited gung-ho. to get back yeah, out they're there. They're going to be very gung-ho. Um, especially without crazy crowds. I mean, <laughs> for me, uh, I love the idea of going back to a baseball stadium that's only 25% full. It sounds amazing. And having four seats to myself, I love it. I uh, wouldn't want it for the World Series, but I, I love it till then. Uh, so that's all the time we have for today. And uh, any final thoughts? Nah. Classic, classic <laughs> teaser. Uh, nothing for me either. It is warmer uh, in the Midwest than it is on the West Coast today. So enjoy that. And we will kick your butt at weather again soon.
We'll see you next time.